On today's episode, we're going to be talking about four Christmas truths on Souls Road 2. And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is a podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life once all at a time. And I'm so glad to be with you today. And today uh, I want to talk to you about four Christmas truths. And what, what what does Christmas really mean to you? If you want to leave a comment today, uh, we live in a culture that is so geared towards towards having stuff, and Christmas is all about presents and you know giving and receiving. That sometimes we forget who God really is in it, and we lose God in it. So I'm going to give you a scripture here, and this scripture is um, one of my favorites. It's 1 John 1, 4, and I'm going to read it, and here's what it says. It says, We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, and what, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed, and we have seen it, and testify to it, and declare to it, and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and and was revealed to us. Then he goes on to say, We declare to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that your joy might be complete. And I know that's a mouthful I read, and we're going to kind of break it down just for the next few minutes briefly. And this scripture is very powerful because it talks about the incarnation, about Jesus coming into the world. And so the first point I want to make today is this, that Christmas is not about an idea, but about an encounter. And here we find uh, that Christmas is about the incarnation. What is the incarnation? It's, it's God showing up. It's when God came to the world. Apart from Jesus, we could not grasp God. We are limited in our knowledge, in our, in our science, in our wisdom. God is so far from us without Christ. Our sins, furthermore, separate us from God and make us limited in our interaction. Uh, and so encounter with God is impossible without Christ. And the incarnation is basically a, the idea of, of Jesus came and, and dressed himself in human flesh to be with us. But there are hymns like like uh, like uh, "Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery" by by Matt Papa, and the words of verse one go something like this: "Come behold the wondrous mystery, in the dawning of the King, He, the theme of heaven's praises, robed in frail humanity, in our longing, in our darkness, now the light of life has come. Look to Christ, who condescended." took on flesh to ransom us. I mean, th th there is such rich, rich truth and theology in this scripture. And so, so Crispus is not just an idea, but it's an encounter with God. And we find, we find that in 1 John 1, 1, in, in the words that you see in that scripture there, it says, we have heard what we have seen with our eyes, right? And what we have looked at and touched with our hands. So you have heard, seen, and touched with your hands. So this God, who maybe some might think distant, came to us through Christ so that we can encounter Him and touch, and touch Him and be touched of Him. And uh, something we grasp with our senses and, and with our spirit, you know, the deepest part of us, right? So 
the Christmas story is deeply intimate. Our fellowship, it says, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And so we, we find that this is this is a an encounter, right? It's a closeness to God. Um, religions like Islam believe in a God that created all things. They believe in a supreme being, but not necessarily in a God that you can intimately know. He's way out there, really far. And um, Jesus came, however, so that we could know him and the Father in an intimate way, in a close way. Jesus is the door to the Father. He's the way, right? He's the gate of the sheep, the Bible says. And God is not some supreme being detached from his creation, but he loves his creation and wants to encounter them. But we also find this, this beautiful truth here, that Christmas means we experience God's Son. And that's a beautiful thing. Again, in, in 1 John 1.3, it says, Our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's the whole point of, of salvation. That's the whole point of God coming to the world. Not just to forgive us and restore us, but to relate to us, to be with us, to, to commune with us. And that's the beauty of, of the gospel. That's the beauty of the power of God. And so the Christmas story is, is, not, is not only intimate, but it's, it's consciously present. What do I mean by that? God is here, and God is here now. Not somewhere else, not in the then, but He is here now. And God is here, not just somewhere else in the future. Not, not some promise in the sweet by and by where maybe one day we'll be happy, maybe one day we'll have joy, maybe one day we'll feel loved. We can have those things right now because God is here now. And I grew up in the kind of Christianity that, that believed that our, our duty as Christians is to escape the world and escape everything on earth because the earth is bad and escape into heaven. And I realized that what's the point in living if, if we don't want to be here? But the power of the, Christ, the Christmas story is this, that salvation means that God is coming to the world where we live and He's changing it and He's changing it now. That's why there are millions of stories through history of believers who were once lost and now they're found. They were once evil and now they're good because of Christ. So that's what Christmas means. But Christmas also means this, and this is a beautiful thought. It means that we experience Jesus through each other. And again, in 1 John 1, 3, it says, we declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. There's something about about a Christian that is never alone, never isolated. So I say that to say this, that the Christmas story is closely interpersonal. Regardless of our nationality, our language, our culture, Jesus binds us together. And I've been in different countries. I've been, I've been in Asia. I've been in, in uh, Ukraine and Europe, parts of Europe and, and uh, all, all over. And it's, it's amazing how that even if you don't know the language, when you're worshiping Jesus together, your brothers and sisters in Christ. That is only God can do something so beautiful. And so he causes us to relate to each other. But it also means this, that you're not alone. Usually Christmas is a time where people get depressed. They get sad. You know, there's not enough sunlight. They suffer memories of loss, maybe, or depression of some traumatic thing that happened years ago. But here's the beauty of it, that you're not alone because Christ 
dwells in us together, not just individually, but together. And so one last thing before we close this out today of what Christmas means. Christmas means this. Christmas means that God is enough. And again, 1 John, and, and this is the, our main scripture today, 1-4, the last, the last verse of, 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 that, of that paragraph that we're looking at. We are writing these things, says John, so that our joy may be complete. There's something about God that is always enough. It is always sufficient. He is always sufficient in all things. So he is overwhelmingly sufficient. Jesus came to experience the dark things that we, that were meant for us, the cross, the grave, the, the, the torture, the pain. Those things were meant for us because as sinners, we deserve justice. We deserve the wrath, the wrath of evil that comes with evil. And as Tim Keller put it beautifully, uh, he said, Jesus Christ came to earth, lived the life that we should have lived, and died the death we should have died, so that we believe in Him, we are accepted and live a, a life of grateful joy for Him. So that's why Jesus came, to take what was meant for us, the justice of God, because we deserve death because of our sins. But He came, He came to bless us instead, which is, it's, it's humbling when you think about it. And so we find that that when we say overwhelming, you know, we said overwhelmingly sufficient. I want you to think about a, a well that is inexhaustible. It's it's eternal. There, there's always this eternal well of God's abundant provision for every need you have, whether it's your fears, your doubts, your physical needs, your spiritual needs. Whatever needs you think you have, God, they can be met in God because He's faithful. And the prophet Ezekiel prophesied about this river that I believe it was foreseeing the coming of Christ in Ezekiel 47, 19, when he, when he said this, he said, wherever the river goes, every living creature, the swarms will, will live, and there will be very many fish, and these waters reach there, it will become fresh and everything will live where the river goes. And there's something about the abundance of God, the provision of God, the blessing of God that He has provided for us that, that is enough and it'll always be enough. And so if, if I feel like I'm in lack, I'm missing something. There, there's something I'm not getting. There's something I'm not seeing. So I, I pray that if you feel that today, don't feel guilty. Don't feel like, you know, it's some moral thing let God help you because we do struggle. We all struggle with weak faith and unbelief. So be encouraged these holidays that, that God is, is with you and God is for you and He and He is in you working and moving with power and presence. So if you like this podcast, leave a like and please leave a comment as to what Christmas, what Christmas might mean to you. And so thank you so much for being with us today. Check us out on, on our uh, on YouTube and we're on Facebook and we're on Buzzsprout and and usually wherever you can get your audio uh, from. So till next time, thanks so much and God bless you.